Two Clare women were amongst a group of just 21 people selected for a prestigious activist boot camp that took place in recent weeks. Uh, Quinn woman Christine Meehan and Ravina El Masoudi from Ennis were selected to participate in the Alice Academy for Activists due to their work on social justice campaigns. And I'm delighted to say we are joined by both of them in studio. Thank you very much to both of you for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, indeed. Delighted to be here. A little bit shy, but don't worry, they'll warm up eventually. Um, Christine, can you tell us a little bit about your own story? And and you have type 1 diabetes. Uh, tell, tell us about that and how you went on to fa- uh, co-found Thrivebetes. Um, so it was in 2006. So I just had my uh, 18th anniversary in January. So in 2006, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and... Uh, I suppose it was kind of overwhelming at the start and uh, a lot um, of information to get used to and figuring out how I was going to manage this autoimmune disease for the rest of my time. So I I suppose quickly realised that I would have to um, start doing a bit more research and um, in doing the research that I came to realise that uh, you need kind of a community and um, mm. as as I was reaching out and doing research I um, met with um, Gronya who's um, an, a founder of Thrive Beaches as well and um, she was it was a a group with um, Diabetes Ireland was um, was holding a session and it was from that then uh, Grania ended up establishing the support group the clear support group for, for um, type 1 diabetes so as um, I got um, a lot of value from um, being able to spend time and chat with others in with the same condition as myself. And over time, uh, Grania and myself um, came together and went to uh, a, a conference in the UK. And um, it was kind of after that conference or during that conference, we realised it would be really good to do something similar in Ireland to bring the diabetes community together. And hence, um, we started... Um, I suppose doing a little bit of research and uh, looking at what it would be like to have that conference here and um, we are affiliated with Diabetes Ireland and um, Grania does a lot of work with the diabetes online community so um, okay, Thrive really, Diabetes really, was kind of born really, from that. Really major presence felt and I'm sure Thrive Diabetes is fantastic for others you know when you find out you've type 1 diabetes maybe it's difficult and maybe you feel like you're on your own but meeting other people who have it and hearing their stories and maybe even getting advice from from those who've been dealing with it for longer than perhaps you have yourself is 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 of great comfort and solace I would I would imagine yeah a, a lot of reassurance and, and you learn a lot um, from hearing how different people manage different situations and yeah just that that sense of they get what I'm going through yeah. um, and being in a room with people like that and I suppose we've got that um, sense from people after all each of the conferences that we've run and um, that and especially the one la- this last year sorry May um, last year we had our last um, Tyrvitas conference and it was on in Dublin and again it was a lot of people hadn't heard of us before yeah. and hadn't sat in a room with other people and may have had it for many years and um, the sense of community that was built throughout the day it was really yeah inspiring and energising so it was really good yeah Okay uh, Ravina you are originally from South Africa That is correct yes tell, tell us a bit about yourself and what brought you to our sunny shores <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the weather. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, 
my family and I decided, you know, like a long a while ago that we wanted to immigrate and we were sort of torn between a number of different countries. And my cousin actually, who is sort of like the bravest one in our family, you know, she had the idea of coming to Ireland and at the time I didn't even know, you know, a lot about Ireland. I always assumed, you know, Ireland was a part of the UK. I was very ignorant. Boo. I know, <laughs> I know. I've gotten so much of that since I've gotten here. But, you know, I've since educated myself and, you know, I've learned a lot about the Irish people and Irish culture and it's really opened up my mind. And what, and what age did you arrive here, Ravina? Um, so I got here in the middle of 2020, so smack bang in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, wow, what a time to arrive. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was incredibly stressful. And um, luckily, though, I came with my entire family, so I had a great support system. And, yeah, um, it was just, if I think about, you know, when we arrived and where I am right now, it's just been such a roller coaster. The, the Irish people are just so welcoming and so warm and so hospital, you know. I've never once been made to feel like I'm not welcome or like I don't have a place here. You know, people have really sort of tried to shape themselves and to accommodate me. They try to learn and grow. And I think that's just a really special thing. Yeah. In, in terms of yourself, I mean, you're neurodivergent, biracial and trans. What has that been like? And how has your experience of being like that in Ireland different to what it would have been like, you know, if you continued living in South Africa? Or would there have been any difference really in how you would have been treated? Yeah. Well, you know, in South Africa, um, we're for Africa, we are a very progressive and liberal country. Mm. But when you look at the more international stage, and if you look at Europe, not quite so much. So I came out as transgender in 2011. And back then, you know, it was not a commonly known thing. I had to sort of advocate for myself. I, I'm, I'm what you would call like an accidental activist. I heard this term recently, you know, during the Activist Academy, and I was like, it completely registers with who I am. I never intended to become an activist, but I was sort of had no choice because I had to advocate for myself. So I was forced to drop out of high school. I was, you know, constantly ridiculed. I was bullied terribly in high school. Um, it wasn't just coming from other kids, it was coming from adults as well. People just were not aware of what transgender was and they were always afraid of saying and doing the wrong thing. So I was somehow put into this position where I had to educate adults on who I was. And then, you know, the neurodivergent element has sort of like underpinned all of it. So I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like about eight years old. And even though I was diagnosed at a very young age, you know, when people hear the term ADHD, they think of someone who's frazzled or someone who's hyperactive or cheeky, you know. Yeah. They don't realise that it's a situation where my brain works differently to everybody else's. I don't think and process information the way everybody else does, you know. It's got its strengths, but it's also got its cons, you know. So, um, and then there's the biracial element. So my father was born in Morocco, Casablanca, and he immigrated to South Africa in 1995, so just after the end of apartheid. And him and my mother got married. And the, the ironic thing is that they had met two years previously. Their relationship would not have been allowed because it was actually legal for uh, interracial relationships to exist in South Africa at the okay. time. Yeah, so it's really like, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. But, um, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, but yeah. you, you uh, do you feel there's more of a level of acceptance here in Ireland um, for who you are? Oh, yes, yeah. definitely, with, with, without a doubt. So... Um, when I left South Africa, you know, I was very much um, unsure of what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I was very, I would say I was very hesitant to go out into society. I was very shy. I was very, um, 
I was what you would call a homebody. You know, I still kind of am, but now I'm a lot more confident in who I am and I'm a lot more, you know, confident with myself and with society as a whole. You know, I feel a lot safer in Ireland. You know, I was never able to leave the house in South Africa because there was always that fear of um, retribution or being attacked, you know. Um, and the people of Ireland, you know, even the ones who don't understand what transgender is and what neurodivergent is or all these terms, they've all made an effort to sort of ask questions, to sort of understand and to sort of change the way they think and act to accommodate me. So without a doubt, you know, since I've moved to Ireland, my entire life has changed. I'm now working with an incredible company, Viatel Technology Group. Um, I've been, you know, I've met so many incredible people, you know, through education. Um, I'm one of the um, facilitators for an organization called the Trans Limerick Community. And we sort of like are a support group for trans people living in the greater Limerick region. And I'm a Shona, a senior Shona ambassador. So the Shona Project is sort of an organization that's dedicated towards empowering young women throughout Ireland. So all these different organizations, you know, have just opened themselves up to me and they've really given me the, the space I need to be the best version of myself. Okay, so I think between the two of you, Ravina and Christine, you're both involved in a lot of uh, different initiatives and I seem like ideal candidates for uh, the activist boot camps. So, Christine, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like, uh, what you learned from it that you can apply now going forward with, with Thrive Abetes? I, I, like, I, it was kind of, I was um, delighted to be um, chosen because I know they had, um, I think it was like over 70 applicants. So to be chosen as part of the 21 was pretty incredible. Um, throughout the the number of days o- over the weekend that we were together, um, Alice um, PR had went above and beyond with the way we were looked after and um, the speakers and the knowledge and experience they had uh, definitely gave us, um, gave me good insight into um, I suppose with Trivita so far, I have um, mainly looked at um, providing information and creating awareness. Uh, but I wanted uh, to be able to, I suppose, look at advocacy more and uh, look at what I could comp- campaign um, if there was any a- opportunities for campaigning. And so the Ac- Academy for Activists, um, the Mart- Martina Quinn, um, she did a strategy. One of the first um, workshops we did uh, was on strategy campaign and being able to put together your thoughts and your focus and having a clear vision mm-hmm. on what you, Joe, to, to kind of fine tune exactly what you wanted to say and how to say it. And um, there was political engagement that was um, another workshop we had and with Dermot Ryan. And again, specific. Um, tools and resources that you could use and gave me a different perspective of, um, again, how I could put my case forward and um, very much looking forward to be able to use this going forward now. Um, So you clearly got quite a lot out of it. And was it a similarly invaluable experience for you, Ravina? Did you learn a lot that you were going to be able to implement in the various community groups and initiatives that you're involved with? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, So my activism is sort of like on multiple levels. So there's the grassroots element. And then I've also done work with, um, you know, more established organisations. So I first heard about the Alice Academy, Activist Academy, from a colleague of mine in the TGEU, which is Transgender Europe, which is one of the largest nonprofits fighting for trans rights in Europe. Um, Sarah Phillips, who's a former um, director, uh, the former director for the um, Tenny 
organization and you know she recommended the academy to me and I looked at it and I was like oh, I don't know I was very hesitant I almost didn't apply for it I did apply for it and you know like Christine said you know out of 70 candidates you know the fact that I was chosen was such a humbling um experience and from day one you know they the team at Alice went out of their way to make us feel welcome to feel included you know often as trans people when we're invited to these spaces we feel very much like we're being tokenized like our at our contributions and our viewpoints are not really seen. We're more there just to be like a checkbox. But the experience at Alice was absolutely incredible. You know, they tailored the entire experience to sort of shape what we were going through day to day with our activism. So like Christine said, we worked on campaign strategy, research and polling, you know, how to um, approach individuals in government. Um, there was also like an element where we had speakers, you know, like Senator Lin where we had uh, Nolene Blackwell, the former CEO of um, the Dublin, Dublin Ray Crisis Centre. Yeah. So really incredible human beings who came out and shared their stories and shared, you know, their viewpoints on how to sort of influence and to, you know, get the world to sort of hear our message. Because as activists, you know, we, we're trying very hard to create a better world. And not all of us are doing this, you know, as our jobs. We're not being paid to do this. So there's a huge physical, financial and emotional labor that goes into our activism. So being able to actually get those, you know, skills and tools to sort of amplify and formalize what we're doing was invaluable. Okay, well, it sounds like a, a, a fantastic experience for both. You're going to be interesting to see how you implement the skills and knowledge you uh, attain through the, the boot camp uh, in your future endeavours. Uh, we have to leave it there, but my thanks to Ravina Masoudi. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank and you. thanks also to Christine Meehan uh, so for joining us on Thursday's Morning Focus.